happy birthday to the world's greatest husband. <laughs> Hope when you take that jump, you don't feel the fall. Hope when the water <laughs> rises, you build a wall. Hope when the crowd screams out, you're screaming your name. Oh my gosh, that's our prom. Hope if everybody runs, it was, that was our you choose to stay. Hope that you fall in love and it hurts so bad. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my redhead for putting that all together. It's the kind of video you'd see at your funeral, though, isn't it? That's a... Hey, Nancy, you might want to hang on to that. <laughs> I have a funny feeling the next time when those pictures popped up, I won't be seeing them. Anyway, wow. Yeah, the big 6 0, huh? On Wednesday. I'm too young to be that old. Wow. Anyway, you should have stayed standing. Come to think of it, stand back up. <laughs> Sorry. I want to welcome to our campuses uh, in Stevens Point and Appleton as well, joining with us this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning at Celebration Church. I want to read to you from uh, Matthew, the 21st chapter, 
verse uh, 28, Jesus speaking to the people, he says this, he says, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And the son had a lousy attitude about it. And he says straight to his father's face, no, I will not. But later, he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing, go work today in my vineyard. And this son had a great attitude. Yes, sir, absolutely. But he didn't go. And Jesus asked the question, which of the two did what his father wanted? And they answered correctly when they said, the first. This morning I want to share with you a very simple message, but this message, if you will hear what I'm saying and get this in you, it has the potential to dramatically change your life, particularly if you struggle uh, with uh, cycles of the same behavior over and over again in your life, maybe it's an addiction, whatever it is. Uh, and uh, this will really set you free. Um, I wanna talk to you about feelings and the role that your feelings and emotions play in the Christian experience. The first thing I want you to note uh, this morning is that uh, your feelings do not have to motivate you. They don't have to play in any part in, in your motivations. Uh, we play far, place far too much importance on feelings in our culture today. But when it comes to doing the right thing and avoiding the wrong thing, feelings are irrelevant. It doesn't matter how you feel. But yet, the bulk of people in our culture today, especially here in the United States of America, uh, we have been convinced, we have been driven into our brain over the last 30 years in particularly, uh, that if you, you need to follow your heart. In fact, it's a wonderful thing. All these chick flicks, you know, people doing the dumbest things on earth, but they have to <laughs> follow their heart. Be true to yourself, we're told. If you feel it, you should do it. You deserve a break today. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. You've got to do it. I can't help it. You don't have to let feelings dictate what you do, even in terms of motivating you. Now, we tend to celebrate the proper motivations often to the point of actually ignoring the actions or to criticize the motivations separate for the action. Let me give you an example. We're talking, Jesus gives a story, tells about the son, two sons. Comes to the first one and says, go to work in the vineyard. The guy has a lousy attitude. And in today's culture, way too many of us would make way too big of a deal about that. You got a bad attitude. You need to straighten out your attitude. And I get it. You deal with kids, especially teenagers. You just want to cast the devil out of them because of their little attitudes, a little rolling of the eye. But if you, if you let that drive you crazy, you'll wind up in the nut house, all right? Just, well, what else do I do? Just, it doesn't matter about their attitude, especially at this point in life. Only matters what you do. Now, this son would have been very easy to criticize the son because he had a bad attitude. He says right to his father's face, no, I'm not gonna go. Well, what a jerk. He's got a very bad attitude. Something wrong with that boy. I need a jerk to slack out of him. But he eventually goes. And he's the one who did 
the right thing. See, it's important you do the right thing. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. Way too many people let their feelings dictate what they do or do not do. The main reason more people are in a church today is for one overwhelming reason. They don't feel like it. Now, when everybody at Celebration Church comes at one time, the truth is there's not enough room in here to fit them all. You know, it's fun to see them. Thank God for Christmas and Easter. You know. <laughs> but uh, their main reason for coming, and the main re- I just have some of you, I just happened to catch you on a good day. Over in Appleton, over at Stevens Point, some of you guys. Some of you here today because it was just a good day for you. <laughs> just, there was nothing else on TV. And you fell, let's go to church today. Let's go, you know, seriously? You need to succeed in life. If you're gonna succeed in your faith, you have to, don't let your feelings motivate you. It doesn't matter whether you feel like going to church or not, you should go. There's days I don't wanna go to church. And I gotta preach. Doesn't matter, I don't wake up and say, gee, I feel like going to church today. I meet so many people in this city of Green Bay. Of course, I don't get over to Apple and Stevens Point very often, but just here in town that people I've never seen before in my life who come up and shake my hand and they're so glad it's me because I'm their pastor. Really? Do you go to church? Well, you know. Once in a while. Come on. I met a Packer player once. I won't tell you his name, but you all know him. I was thrilled to meet the guy. And I'm shaking, hi, I'm Mark. Oh, I know who you, you're Pastor Mark. I love, Celebration Church is our church. You're my pastor. And I'm thinking, really? <laughs> now, in all fairness, the guy works on Sunday, so I understand that. But there's a lot of people, they really do consider this church, God bless them, that we estimate just based on the Christmas and Easter thing, there's about 4,000 people that consider this church, you know, and when you add up all the campuses. But they come and go just based on the weather and their feelings and what they have going and stuff. Look, I don't hate you. I'm glad you come at all, even if it is twice a year, whether you need it or not. But really, you shouldn't let your feelings motivate you. You know, we would have criticized the son for not having a good attitude. And there's people who would have praised the second son because he had a good attitude, even though he didn't do it. Yes, Dad, I... I want to work in the vineyard, absolutely. I, man, thank you for this opportunity. I love the family business. You have no idea what it means to me. <laughs> I even wrote a song about it. La, 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 I love the vineyard. And the Bible says he didn't go. And I know, God bless the women, I know a lot of women who'd be upset if the dad was yelling at him because he didn't go. Well, now, John... Just right, he wanted to go. He had every intention. He wrote that nice song. You got to admit, that was a beautiful song about the vineyard. He says, really, Mom, who cares what his intentions were? But we live in a culture today where intentions are everything. Now, when I was growing up, back when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth, there was a very popular saying that says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, you don't hear that said very much, much anymore. Why? Because, well, as long as you meant it, well, he meant to do it. <laughs> and if he doesn't feel like it, you get upset, even if he doesn't. 
Some people, again, not just to pick on the women, and not all women are this way, but there are some. Whether or not you feel like doing it is everything. I talk to these chicks. They get mad at their husbands because he won't do what I ask. And when you really press it, it's not that he won't do it, it's that she wants him to want to do it. Seriously? <laughs> Who cares? Of course he doesn't want to do it. That's why he hasn't done it. What do you care what he wants? My wife doesn't care 10 cents about what I want. And most healthy women don't care either. Well, he doesn't want to do it, right? <laughs> we don't want to do anything, praise God. They get up there because he doesn't want it. What do you care? It doesn't mean jack. Stop it. This insane buy into emotions and what they're feeling in the inside. There are people who would celebrate the one kid because he had a good attitude and the other one would curse that because he had the bad attitude even though the bad guy did it. And Jesus said, who did the right thing? He said, well, the first one. That's right, Jesus said. That's the point. You don't need your feelings to motivate you. We need to learn what is right and what is wrong and that dictates our lives. Doesn't mean jack what you feel. A lot of people don't volunteer in church because they can't find something they want to do. <laughs> Who cares what you want to do? You see a need, can you meet that need? Well, yeah, then do it. Well, I don't want to do it. Well, welcome to church. I've pointed this out many times. There's very few things in a church that anyone would have a normal motivation to want to do. I mean, those wonderful people, when you walked into your campus this morning over in Stevens Point, Appleton, here, standing at the door, greeting and shaking your hand. Nobody grows up thinking, that's what I want to do for a living. Welcome to Walmart. You know? Who wants to do that? It doesn't matter what you want to do. They do it because they're kind and they're nice. We want people to feel welcome when they walk in the door. Those down in the nursery right now, changing poopy diapers. Very few people feel that motivation. <laughs> the ushers who are going to pass out communion and filling those, <laughs> those little cups. <laughs> Nobody thinks this is a career choice. It's kind of brain-dead activity. Virtually everything we do in church is brain-dead at some level, which makes it easy for anybody to get involved. <laughs> so, well, I don't want to do it. Of course you don't want to do it. Nobody wants it. Who wants to do that? Nobody wants to do that. It has nothing to do with it. You shouldn't even ask yourself if you want to do it. And listen to me. Ministry is not your opportunity for self-validation. Just because you find something you really, I love this because I get to be a whatever. Really? Even your giving, the Bible teaches, your giving should, your motivation should have nothing to do with how much money you give. Jack, zilch. Now, I understand as human beings, if we see something really sad or something that really motivates us or moves us, we, we tend to give more. Some terrible disaster happens in our community and we're going to raise money, a lot of you would give more. I mean, that's a human thing. But by and large, your emotion should have nothing to do with it. That's why the Bible talks about a percentage, tithing. Literally, it means 10%. 10% of your income, whatever you bring home, check for 10, goes right to God. 
It doesn't matter how you feel. You don't need any motivation for that. Say, well, the Bible says everyone should give as he is determined in his heart. Now, when you read that, all people hear today is the word heart. But we skipped over an important word, determine. You know what it means to be determined? It means to do something you don't want to do. That's what it means to be determined, right? You see someone running a race, a marathon, and he keeps pushing himself to the end. Why? Because he's determined. You get some soldiers fighting for the hill. They're always fighting for hills. If the world was flat, there'd be peace. And they're fighting for the hill, and they're pressing. Why are they doing it? They're determined. Nobody wants to do it. They're shooting at you. Somebody shoots at me, I want to go down the hill and get away. Give what you have determined in your heart. It shouldn't matter whether or not you're emotionally driven or inspired at all. You're, if you are an emotionally driven giver, shame on you. Stop it. Again, we're all human, and there will be times where you will feel, and great, you go beyond because, well, fine, it should have nothing to do with anything. You shouldn't have to feel anything when it comes to giving. You shouldn't have to feel anything to do anything. People who succeed in life do not listen to how they feel. Anybody go to school? You ever feel like studying? Only a psycho would feel like studying. You don't ask yourself if you feel, it's irrelevant. You know who asked themselves if they felt like studying? All of you that dropped out of school. Right? These musicians up here playing the way they play, skillfully. They practiced. You know who asked themselves if they feel like practicing? All of you who quit your piano lessons. <laughs> Nobody succeeds in life listens to how they feel. You know, it's not even part of the equation. When it comes to living life as a believer in Jesus Christ, your emotions should play little to no factor in what you do or do not do. Done. Finished. Get rid of it in your head. It doesn't matter how you feel. And if you're asking yourself how you feel before the offering comes, or how you feel before you volunteer, or how you feel do much of anything, you're in a bad place. It doesn't matter how the two boys felt. Only matter who did the right thing. It's just that simple. So number one, your feelings, don't listen to your feelings for your motivations. Number two, and this is really important, you have to understand your feelings do not define you. Now we live in a culture, and this is a very godless culture which we live today in America, in a Western culture, very secularized, very pagan, very heathenistic, self-centered, narcissism going through the roof. It's all about you, 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 me, 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 I, 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 I. And they have convinced us that if you feel it, well, it's, it's just you. You, you. you can't be wrong if you feel it, right? No matter what bad, imagine, there's stuff 30 years ago, most of us in this room wouldn't have even thought 10 seconds that it was bad. But today, it's all been redefined. Why? Well, because if you feel it, it can't be bad. Not if you <laughs> Be quite the heart attack, wouldn't it? If that ever really happens, call the cops. I mean, the ambulance. Or both. Someone's trying to kill me. 
We deceive ourselves in America today by redefining things. Things that used to be bad, we just come up with nice titles for them now and it's not bad anymore. It's not abortion, it's a choice. It's not an affair, it's following my heart. It's not fornicating, it's we're making love. It's not trapping people into a life of dependency, it's compassion. And the latest one, it's not an executive overreach, it's getting things done for the American people. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's not temptation, it's just who you are. You define anything. There is no temptation anymore. No one even thinks of it as being temptation. It's, well, it's your feelings. If you're feeling in love with a chicken, well, that's between you and the chicken, and you gotta do what, you know, gotta do what you feel. <laughs> your feelings define you, no, they do not. One of the most deceptive thoughts in our world today is if you feel it, you have to do it, it's you. No, it's not. In fact, a bunch of psychotic psychologists have convinced us if you don't do it, it's bad. One of the worst things you can do is repress your feelings. We've all heard this nonsense, right? People suffering from repressed feelings. Suffering from repressed feelings. The people who are suffering are the ones who don't repress their feelings. Because they do the stupid thing they're feeling. Get themselves in all kinds of trouble. You know why there's wars this morning? They're not repressing their feelings. You know why there's people stealing? They're not repressing their feelings. You know why someone's committing adultery right now? Because they're not repressing their feelings. This idea that repressing your feelings is bad is insane. It's like it comes straight from hell. It's insane thinking. This idea that it's healthy for you. Oh, I gotta say what's on my mind. Really? How'd that make you feel? This idea you've got to do, you've got to do, we can't help it. It's insane. We have to learn to let God, as believers, how people who are not Christians do, that's their thing. A lot of them are just, really, without Jesus, the Bible says they are slaves. They're just slaves to their emotions. They're slaves, they can't do much about it anyway. But when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have God living inside of you, you are set free. You don't have to live that way. In fact, you're not supposed to live that way, and it doesn't define you. The way God looks at us is what should define us. Pastor, I feel like a failure and a nobody. I get that. But the Bible says that you are extremely valuable to God, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are a joint heir. You know what that means? You know what it means to be an heir to a fortune? That means you get that money, hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody who'd like to make me a joint heir, please call me. <laughs> you're a joint heir with Christ, the Bible says. You're somebody, you're not a nobody. Well, I feel like a nobody. I don't care, stop listening to how you feel. It doesn't define you. So I can't take it anymore. Yes, you can. Because the Bible says God will never allow you to be tempted above what you can handle. He'll never give you more than you can handle. Don't ever let the words, I can't take it anymore, come out of your mouth. Never. Because you're calling God a liar. So well, I feel, I know you feel that way. It doesn't matter how you feel. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I feel like I'm all alone. I feel like God's a million miles away. I know. I get it. You know how close God feels when you're holding your wife and she's puking her guts out in an incredible pain week after week after week? He doesn't feel very close. Feels like he's a long way away. 
And I've even caught myself saying, God, where are you? It's like you're a million miles away, but then I remember he made a promise. He said, I will never leave you. And then I said, God, I know you're right here. Why? Because I don't listen to how I feel. I listen to what I believe. Don't live by how you feel. Live by how and what you believe. Here's a big one. My future is doomed. I can never succeed because you don't know my past. I've done so many terrible things. No. The Bible says when you come to Christ, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. But pastor, I've done terrible things. You don't understand. I get it. There's people in our church who've done terrible things. There's people in our church who've committed adultery, who've lied, who've cheated, who've been in prison. And that's just the pastors. <laughs> they think I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, you got some pastors who, oh yeah, they've had some quite colorful pasts. Well, why are they pastors now? Because old things are passed away and all things become new. It's called forgiveness. It's called redemption. It's taking something that's broken and useless and nobody wants it and you bring it back to life. That's what God does. So I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter how you feel. Stop listening to how you feel. Your feelings do not determine who you are. Your feelings do not define you. Amen. So number one... Don't let, listen to your feelings to motivate what you do. It's irrelevant. Do not do it. Stop it. It's great when the feelings are there. I like it when the feelings are there. Sometimes they're not. It's irrelevant. I don't listen to them. Number two, my feelings do not define me. Sometimes my feelings are really bad. I'd tell you what they were, but you'd think I was really bad. Doesn't define me. And here's number three, the last one. Really important that you get this. It'll set you free if you get this in your head. Your feelings do not determine what you do. They do not control you. When it comes to persistent habits and bad behavior and addictions, people who struggle with the same patterns over and over and over again. We as pastors, we talk to these people. I've heard this so many times. They say, Pastor, I, I just pray that God will take away these feelings. I got bad news for you. He's never going to take away your feelings. He's not in the feeling business. I know this freaks people out because we're so caught up in feelings. No other time. Do you think people for the last 6,000 years let their feelings determine how they lived? Man, I just love, look, you ever look at photos of people from the, when the cameras first came out? You ever see them smile? Do you know why? Life really sucked. And that was just 100 years ago. It was worth 100 before that. Didn't matter. People coming to this country on a boat the size of some of our closets. They want to do that? No. Didn't matter what they want to do. People in wagons. Think you get irritated with your kids in the back so you just come into church. Stick them in a wagon and head west. <laughs> See how irritating that gets. <laughs> Life was hard. Your feelings don't control you. 
Say, well, I'm going through all these terrible temptations and I'm struggling with porn and, and what's a big one? Porn or some sexual people. Oh, I, I, I don't want, I just pray God take away these feelings. Stop it. You're focusing on the wrong thing. Every time someone says, I know I shouldn't believe it, I'm really struggling with it, I'm asking God to take away their feelings, you are missing the point entirely. Look what James said. He says, when someone is tempted, you should not say God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. It has nothing to do with it. But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Your feelings come from your sinful flesh, all of us. God could take away your feelings. He could. You know how? He would kill you. There's a choice. Every time you say, God, take away my feelings, say, God, squish me like a bug. That's the good news of being dead. You don't have any more problems with feelings. Dead people are very patient. <laughs> very nice people, dead people. Get along with everybody. Why? They're dead. That's the only time your feelings will be gone when you finally kick, and thank God, at some point, we're going to be free of this. Now, I'm not looking forward to dying. I don't like pain. I hate it when my french fries are cold. Went through McDonald's last night. Cold, squishy fries. I hate that. That was the worst part of my day yesterday. Soon I look forward to dying. But the good news about dying is we get free of this thing that keeps dragging us down. Hallelujah. And we get a new body. Praise God. Well, brother, what about grace? What about grace? Yeah, let's talk about grace. The Bible says this in Titus. For the grace of God has appeared that brings salvation to all people. Yes, yes, that's what we all sing and we celebrate the grace of God. Yeah, that means it doesn't matter what I do. Yes, it does matter what you do. The idea that grace means you, it doesn't matter what you do is absurd. Here's what real grace does. He writes, it teaches us to say no. Everybody say no. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, your feelings, your emotions, and to live self-controlled. If your version of grace does not include the word no, you have no idea what the grace of God is. The grace of God teaches us to say no. So I want to I do bad things. I get it. The good news is you don't have to do it. Well, pastor, I look at my husband in the morning and I think, if I just held the pillow a little tighter for <laughs> I get it, but you don't have to do it. Debbie Gunger. <laughs> Put those thoughts away. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. You don't have to do what you think. We're not a, that's a great analogy. Star Wars. You guys know that scene, right? Jedi powers. These are not the droids you're looking for. These are not the droids we're looking for. That's what Satan wants to do. You can't help but curse and control. I cannot help but curse control. You need to cheat with somebody else's wife. I can't help it. I have to cheat with someone else. You have to sin with your boyfriend. I can't help it. No. We're not a bunch of Jedi people under the control of Jedi monsters. Whatever I was just trying to say. <laughs> We're not a bunch of stormtroopers controlled by Jedi masters. That's what I meant. <laughs> you try this for a living. <laughs> Here's the good news. If you don't remember anything, remember this. You do not have to do what you feel. Hallelujah. When Jesus said, I will make you free, you will be free indeed. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. Do I feel bad things? Yes. Do I get frustrated with emotions? Yes. But do I have to do it? No. <laughs> no, 
that's the good news. Because I'm free. Now, pastor, do you ever do it? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I do. But that's on me. It's called sin. A lot of people don't think there is any sin. Well, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. People actually live this way today. Christians who live this way. In the 60s, we made fun of it. Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Remember Flip Wilson? We used to laugh at people who went around saying you couldn't, couldn't control themselves. You can't do that anymore. Because now people actually believe the devil made me do it. I can't do it. I can't help it. I have to curse. I, I didn't want to curse. I, I, I'm German. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Try being Puerto Rican. <laughs> What's my in-laws? You know what my in-laws do to me? And I know that it's coming. It's the holidays coming. Those demon-possessed people are coming to your house. <laughs> and every year, some of y'all lose it. And you don't even think it's not your fault when you act bad. Yes, it is. Stop it. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, I feel like killing them. I get it. If I met them, I'd probably want to kill them with you. Some people are really obnoxious. Come over to my house <laughs> at the holidays. It doesn't matter. We can still be kind. We can do the right things. We can be polite. We can love people, even if they irritate the snot out of us. It's good preaching. I don't want to stop. <laughs> okay, I got to stop. I got to talk to the Latinos down here. It's good news. We don't have to do what we feel. Your feelings don't mean jack. If you don't understand this, you'll be a victim all your life. Your feelings, now here's the good news. Sometimes your feelings feel good, that's great. If you feel like doing a great thing, it makes it easier, without a doubt. If you really meditate on the scriptures, get the word of God in you, it'll help improve your feelings, for sure. But those bad feelings never go away. Not until you take your final breath. The good news is we don't have, my feelings don't determine what I do. They don't motivate me to do or not do what I do. They do not define me in any way, shape, or form, and I don't have to do what I feel. I'm free. Free at last, free at last. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. But Lord, my words are just words unless your spirit comes and makes them come alive in people's hearts and lives. I pray right now, those who walk in faith, who experienced Jesus Christ in their life, who have experienced the grace of God, help them to learn that that grace teaches them to say no and to live self-control. We don't have to be motivated to do anything. We choose to do the right thing because you teach us to do the right thing. Help us to live this way, to realize that anything that pulls us in a bad direction, any habit, any attitude, any pattern, any addiction, has no hold on us because we're free. And we thank you that when the Son makes us free, we are free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good day.